It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Hey! Hello over there! Hello! We have the five chair set up today, (laughs) Bull. Yes, that is correct because I was not supposed to be here today. But, but uh, now I am. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. You were that's right. Off. That's right. I will share. You know, I will share. I haven't talked about this on the air. Many of you know my wife. Two years ago, two and a half years ago at this point, was diagnosed with leukemia, um, and she's been doing really well. Unfortunately, she needs to have a transplant now. Uh, many people know it as a bone marrow transplant. It's actually these days it's a uh, a stem cell transplant. So she's going in the hospital uh, today for uh, four to seven days and comes out for a couple weeks, and then she's going back in for three to six weeks. It's going to be a very tough time for me and my family. I'm going to be taking a little four time. Four to six weeks? Four to six weeks, yeah. Oh, my goodness, so boy. I'm going to be taking a little time off in You're going to need some May. help? We got like, plenty of help. My in-laws have moved to Cleveland for wow. the re- for, through the end of July. They okay. just came this past weekend. Are they staying with you so you'll have no, some we, in the we house? No, got, we, got we got them a house in Rocky River that's five minutes from our house. Oh, so nice. it worked out okay. nice. And we have tons of friends, uh, so many good people. I, uh, The first time we, my wife went to the hospital, it was r- the worst because we didn't know anything about leukemia at the time. It was COVID, so I couldn't even visit her after the first week. It was beyond horrible, wow. and we had so many people in our community, friends and, and people we didn't even weren't even that close to that came through for me and my family. I'll never forget it, and they've all reached out to me again and whatever. So I wasn't going to talk about it, right. but you know whatever. But my no, wife, no, you know what? The, the, but the UCSS family, will, yeah. the one thing we've learned about them is they will support. That's right, yep. and That's and right. I, I know I speak on behalf of all of our our regular watchers, but yeah. certainly on our staff. Anything, Bull. That we know. Anything. And, and you guys. And I know you've got a lot of help. But yes. Anything at all. I appreciate it. You guys, obviously, you guys all knew what was going on, but the fans didn't. I appreciate all the, the kind words and thoughts and prayers that everybody has had. So my wife was supposed to go in the hospital this morning, but we, we thought it was going to be this morning. We called in. They said they don't have a bed. On, it's a special floor that's very restricted. There's not a lot of beds. And so they had some people discharging today, but they weren't ready to come out yet. So she's not going to this afternoon. So I said, hey, let's go. Let's go talk right. sports for a couple yeah. hours. Take our take my mind off. Very it. good. So Very go. good. Well, hopefully we're a, we're a welcome diversion. Yes. Of that. Yes. And we're all with you Thank again. You. Thank anything you. at all. Thank don't you. I hesitate. Appreciate it. I just appreciate just ask. 
Busy show. Uh, Josh Dobbs resigned. We're going to talk about that. I yeah. love the move. We'll see where you guys are on it. Uh, one analytics website says the Browns have improved three wins already from last year. We'll talk about that. Uh, if that's the case, they're, we're looking good. Um, also, um, we were going to do the Roger Goodell extension. That got swiped out for something else, correct? Look at the yeah, guys in the so booth. Goodell is going to be overtime today for our okay. members. Yeah. Uh, Bull put out a tweet today about a wide receiver idea that he talked about with the Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to add that So in we'll get to that. Surprise all of us. Curtis Danberg is. is here, uh, Guardian's uh, vice president of communications. Curious to see how we're going to watch the team this year. Will yep. we get a pregame show? Will we have a postgame show? Where will the games be? Curtis will be here. We'll talk about all that. Good news from the Guardians. They sold out their home opener. Not that there was any risk of not selling yeah, it out, sure. but you'd much rather sell it out earlier than later. And a couple of weeks before the home opener, it is sold out. That's April 7th against Seattle. Good. Question is, will there be anybody there for game two? Yeah, well, the attendance will drop. Yeah. Uh, dramatically, un- unfortunately, unless it's, you get one of those rare early April weeks where it's 75 degrees That's true. and people just have to yeah. skip work and school and, and, and play outside. And McNuggets is on the panel, which means we got to go into the NCAA tournament. You've been chomping at the bit to talk more about this. It's odd that we haven't. I don't know what it says about the popularity of the tournament. I haven't looked at ratings. Ratings yet. are way up, though. Are they? Uh, they well, actually are up. I don't know that we sh- should look about the last couple of years because with COVID and mm. everything else, I'd be interested to see where they were versus 2019. I think gambling has a lot to do with it too. Oh, yes. you're right. I think gambling has a but lot. But I, I to also do with think it. Uh, the NCAA tournament is a match. It's not as good a talk topic as it is a watch the game topic. topic. I, yes. I agree with you on yeah. that, 100. percent right. There's nothing more exciting than watching a 15. Right down the stretch against a two or in this year's case a 16 against right. a one uh it, there's something really really fun about that yeah. the underdog drives the uh bus when it comes to the uh, and, march madness and, and it's I, a lot of fun and i never quite understood why it is that sports fans digest that differently from anything else like is it the gambling and the, and the brackets because this to the younger guys or the teams that are the, the underdogs everybody roots for them yeah but if we were to watch like the nba finals People will be like, no, nah, I want the Lakers to win or I want other teams to win in the NFL. Yeah. It's like the only sport that everybody collectively just jumps on the underdog bandwagon and be like, oh, wow, I want to see Cinderella. It's because we, mean, yeah. we want chaos. We want chaos. I don't know. I root for underdogs in other sports if I don't have a rooting interest. Yeah. Maybe it's because maybe it's just because everybody else in the bigger sports has a rooting interest. Like, it's very right. rare to find a team in the NFL where you're just like, oh, I don't have a team. I'm just watching That's them. That's true. So, and yeah. there's no other sport where the regular season is – essentially irrelevant to the mass general public and then the championship yeah. is yeah. must see a point. So we pour, pour all of our college basketball energy into a three week span. Ex- exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, so busy show, a lot to get to with that. Before we do that, uh, we your bet? bet. I went one and one yesterday. He did? Okay. Because I picked the bonus good thing I picked the bonus game because Ohio State's women didn't cover. They won, but Ooh. they didn't cover. It was a, okay. I think it was a four point spread. They won by two. Uh, but I won with Japan over Mexico. They came back. That I was think. a great game. Yes, it was. Wow. Uh, man, that, that uh, I can't think of his name now, the pitcher for, from Japan who throws every oh, 101 yeah. miles an hour. It's insane. That's crazy. Uh, they were down most of the game. They were, and they came back in the seventh. And yeah, then, three and in then, the seventh, I think, to yes, tie it. And then they won it late. But uh, uh, anyway, so it's Japan. That sets up Team USA right. and Japan in the championship game tonight. tonight. In, in what is expected to be the most watched baseball game ever. In the world. the World Series. Yeah. In the world. You want to explain yeah. why? Well, because there's so many people in the, 
Everybody in Japan's watching it. So and there's people across the country. The, the, the tournament's been a huge success it for has, baseball. But the Japanese audience will definitely put it over the top. Yeah, yeah, right. This is the way it was described to me once by Eduardo Perez, who played in Japan. Yeah. He said, think of the popularity of the NFL in the United States. I said, okay. He yeah. Goes, Double it. Come on. That's baseball in Japan. Come on. It's pretty much the only sport they care about, right? It's it. Yeah. It's it. It's it. Really? That's all they care about. They what about love sumo it. Wrestling? They love it. Uh, that's true. There's Ping pong. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They love it, bro. They love. He yeah, said man. it is unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. How like when they have their Japanese league championship, he said every household yeah. has a rooting interest. You take a team and you watch it. So are they and devastated like a, when Otani comes to the MLB? No, like, they, they like to see their no, best. No, yep, they, they like do. To come here. Yeah, okay. uh, and it's it's good for the U.S. too because obviously right. those a lot of those games now are televised in by Japan. THK or whatever in right. Japan. So it, it grows yeah. the game globally, similar to what you know I, J- China did for the I, NBA. I used to do a baseball show with a, a pitcher who was in the big leagues a long time, C.J. Nitkowski, who also pitched in Japan for a while, and he said the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, he said, he said it you can't even understand it. Yeah. It is crazy. Isn't they love it, it. Isn't that crazy how uh, sometimes when we look at like foreign policy, this is not like a, a political comment, but for sports fans, it kind of transcends all that. Like Russia in basketball or uh, you of the former, uh, you know, Eastern Bloc of, uh, of Russia, how, you know, they could be going through wars. We might not have the greatest relationship with their country or their government. But people love basketball in China. So when you see somebody and you go, yeah. it's like, well, you don't see the Chinese government. You just see a bunch of people who like basketball. Or in, in the case of Japan, baseball. It's funny how sports kind of... international language. Yeah, yeah, it is. I was at a World no Baseball Classic game a number of years ago in Miami. And they were playing, I think, Dominican Republic. It was certainly uh, a Latin country. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And it was incredible to me, the, the vibe inside that stadium. I'd been to big world soccer matches mm-hmm. internationally, and that transcends that too. But the vibe was a full three-hour party. Uh, their fans come with uh, costumes and flags yeah. and banners and drums. Yeah. And they really f- make it feel like it's a festive event. Yeah, but j- the vibe between the two fans, even though we weren't speaking the same language in many instances, yeah. we could understand no. facial expressions no and doubt. high fives and everything. Japan, and South Korea, Central America, Mexico, baseball's massive. It's okay. and, and I will tell you, yeah. I, I can see facial expressions because Anthony's giving us the EY. Yeah, we we got to go. Talk about that. My, uh, go Bet Rivers read here, guys. <laughs> yes. Hey, Ohio, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game. Now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers Sportbook. When you use code SPORTS, you'll receive a second chance bet up to $500. Get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey to help you win big. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And don't forget, call Bulls 1 800 line. He has five winners for you. <laughs> He's 11 and 12. Guaranteed. <laughs> but you got to call before you. Call, right. <laughs> I, I almost picked up. Uh, there was like some international basketball game today. I was like, I should pick that. Just That'd to be, be crazy. Right? But I didn't. And uh, no podcast today, but I'll have one tomorrow. National podcast. I'm going with the Cavs tonight. 
I like the way they're playing overall. I know they didn't play well against Philly. I think the Nets are collapsing here at the end. I know it's a road game, but the Cavs have played much better on the road, especially against mediocre or worse teams. So I expect the Cavs to win. So I think they'll cover the three points. All right, very good. There you go. Very good. Uh, let's dive in with Josh Dobbs. Uh, yeah. I, I, I gave you my two cents. Uh, I love it. Where are we on that? I think it's fine. I mean, ultimately, I think we all came to the conclusion that the Browns were not going to spend any significant money on a backup quarterback. Josh Dobbs is an extremely smart guy, an extremely likable guy, uh, and he knows the system, right? I mean, I know I know the offense is going to change this year, but he knows the coaching staff. He knows the players. Uh, I, I've, we've all consistently said pretty much. If, 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 if uh, Deshaun Watson gets hurt for the year, the Browns are screwed, probably no matter yeah. who their backup is. Yeah. But, but I, this I, gives you hope for three or four games. A couple of games. He did a nice job, by the way, when he played for Tennessee right at yeah. the end of the season yes, in that game. Played well. I, I, it, could you have had a better backup quarterback? Sure, you could have. But then you got to pay legitimate money. They're paying him like a million, two million dollars. So I, I'm completely fine with it. I was impressed with his maturity when he sat, uh, slid into the starting role in Tennessee. He, he yeah, looked like he belonged right. there. When he had he just did. joined the team. Yeah, basically. he didn't look yeah. like a spotlit deer. He came out there. He played well. He knew no, the he system. Did. He had good command of a huddle and the guys and, and looked very much like a leader. Yes. And we, we talked yesterday, and Jay, you mentioned it specifically. You were impressed with Baker Mayfield going to the Rams on two days and essentially learning that offense and, to do. and winning a game. Dobbs was on his third team in three weeks yes. when he started that game for Tennessee, and they didn't win, but they were 14-point underdogs heading to that matchup with the Cowboys. Because they were resting Derrick Henry, their top tight end, who it's not a Quankro, but it's a Conquo. It's almost exactly the same yeah. as the guy the Browns signed. Yeah. They had no weapons, and he went out there, threw about 55% completion percentage, ran for three first no downs. No one told him he wasn't supposed to win that game. Exactly, and he had them in there till the fourth quarter. He and seeing him come did. in, get in a huddle with guys that he's not familiar with, right. and be able to perform at a level that we had never seen him do before. He had never started a game in the NFL. That was his first career start. Yeah. I thought it was pretty damn impressive. Right. I, I thought so. You I like, like move? Uh, you know, I would rather have – I like to have mobile quarterbacks as my backup, and, and I'll kind of explain why. Um, it's kind of difficult when you get a quarterback and he's a straight drop-back guy, one, two, three, make reads. That game is harder to, to string together first downs. Mm -hmm. That game is more difficult to game plan around, and you kind of saw it a little bit when you, uh, you look at the 49ers. Um, they had it right in the playoffs. They had uh, what was it? He came and got a Brock Purdy after Purdy. Oh, Josh uh, oh, uh, Johnson. Yes, Johnson. Josh Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why you see a lot of those quarterbacks like Tavares Jackson, Josh Johnson, is because you don't have to lead on their arm. You don't have. You can do other things. You can run screens. They can move around in the pocket. They can do some design runs, and you don't have to be perfect dropping back, reading defenses, throwing the ball on time to be successful. So I like Dobbs. He's smart enough to kind of digest a playbook um, in a week, even though he's not getting reps. And he he has the ability he's shown in the preseason when he played. That's why the fans like him is because he can move around and make some plays with his legs and his feet. And so, he hustled. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what yeah. I loved about him was that, you know, he was I – mean, hell, didn't he dive in for a touchdown yeah. in one of the preseason yeah, games? Yeah. You're like, dude, just put his life on the line. And he had the 40-something yard scramble where the yes. deep defender yeah. – and it got called back because of holding, but <laughs> yes. his shirt had stretched out like a mozzarella stick, you hey, know, man, we, we, at Chili's at a, for, you know, the three-for-three three combo. We be loving backups up in here. We love – Nobody here. loves a backup quarterback more than hey, the Browns. They're signing all the guys I covered in college, right, by the way. Right, we love them. Dobbs of Tennessee and then Mond here, so. Yeah. So you're, we're locked and loaded with the backup quarterbacks. Should no. anything go down? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. we feel good. About I, th- I think the key here is it upgrades where we were two days ago. Yes. I, I, have, I yeah. nothing against Kellen Mond. I just don't have faith in him. I, I can't trust what I haven't seen, and I, I've seen Josh Dobbs, and I know that he looks like an NFL quarterback. Yeah. You know, is he going to take us, uh, you know, on a crazy ride where if he has to start eight games, he's going to go six and two? No, very unlikely. But I think you know he could win three or four. That, with, you know, as long as the pieces around him do their jobs, who knows? Well, you said that, Jay. I don't know why I got butterflies in my stomach. You said, <laughs> we got to start eight games? I said, hold on, man. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not good down again. that road again. Not, not, no, 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 no. not good down no, that road no, no. again. Yeah. Well, you know, no, no team in the NFL plans that at the start of the no. season. They plan to have their starting quarterback for 17 games. Let's break huddle and go. Yeah. But we see how it plays out. We, we did this exercise earlier. Half the teams in the league didn't have their quarterback for at least three games yes. last season. Half so, the teams so in the that, league. So that's scary. So, you you know, I know it's an insurance policy that you hope you never need to cash, but you're actually betting your starter is going to get hurt the way you fill that role. And we saw last year how important a guy like Brock Purdy, who had no experience and no business doing what he did, he took that team on a ridiculous run, and if not for getting hurt in the NFC Championship game, who knows? I, you know, you ever been so sick before, you've been hurt or something happened to you that's traumatic, and then you get through it, and you look back at it and be like, man, I was really messed up back then. I, I, I can't do that no more. It's almost like I don't understand how we did a whole year of doing this show, and we was just, we had to talk about Jacoby Brissett. How did yeah. that work? It was like, tough. Like, that's 11 whole game. That was hard. I'm like, I don't want to do that no more. No, um, yeah. we'll talk about that. we don't want to live there. We don't want to go down that road. You um, have an idea for a wide receiver. Well, quick on the wide yeah, receiver. News. Wait, guys, one question. Yeah, first sure. G. Yeah. G, is there any significance? And I'm probably not the right person to ask, but I'm, I'm asking you here. An all black quarterback room for the second year in a row for the Browns. Like, is um, there is there more significance to that than maybe meets the no, eye? Well, now it's now it's just it's I think it's diminished because sometimes there's a stigma placed on it, but Everybody was confident, right? So Jacoby Brissett came in and did what he was supposed to do. So Josh Dobbs came in, and he's a very smart, intelligent person. And sometimes, I guess the the importance of it is the fact that a lot of times African Americans weren't given an opportunity because there was some false, um, you know, false narratives painted around how successful they could be or if they could really be that professional face of a franchise. But as we see. All three of them that backed up uh, Deshaun Watson, they came in and did their job admirably. So now, if it happens again, that's the great thing about giving people opportunities because now it's not as big as a thing, right? Right. It's like, hey, look, well, it's not that bad. I, We're not going to do, do, do you guys see the color of the quarterback? Because I don't. I had two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl this year. I know, but I, look, I know what I'm saying is, though, I don't. When I look at a quarterback, Mm-hmm. I make a lot of judgments. Mm-hmm. Foot speed, arm strength, uh, how he goes through his progression. Uh, I I don't look at the color of skin just like I don't look at like white quarterbacks and what color eyes they have. I don't care about it's a it. DNA characteristic, but, and I really I'm surprised so pe- so many people still see that. I don't. Yeah. I I think I mean when there's never been three black quarterbacks on a team before, it stands out. I mean, I I understand why, how someone could notate that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because the Browns were sub 500 last year, I'm not going to make a knee jerk reaction and say, well, that proves you can't do that. I I I, I mean, I I look at, well, do you have three slow quarterbacks? 
Because <laughs> teams do. But Jay, the reality. And I'm more, I'm more likely to make a judgment based on a team that has three slow quarterbacks. But there are plenty of people that, you know, hopefully less than there used to be. Certainly, that's my point, Bull. Certainly that, that's less the point in, I'm Certainly going less to. in power than they used to be. But there were, for years, as, as G said, black guys weren't given the opportunity to play quarterback in the NFL. But certainly, we've put that to bed, haven't we? That's why certainly. I'd like to think that by now, we have certainly killed that narrative I, that I you still can't think win with a black quarterback. I still think there's always biases uh, yeah. from some people, hopefully a lot less than there used to be. Well, wh- why don't we look at in baseball some- a black pitcher? We never, we never do that. Well, that's because baseball was integrated hundreds of years ago. Not hundreds. Well, but no, it wasn't. It, baseball was integrated, what, in the 50s? Yeah. There so, were, late 40s. There weren't so many black 40s, quarterbacks until recently. 2023, that's what? That's 90 years. Well, when you look, no, if 19, years. It, was, it, it was really 48, 49, yeah, 48, 49. Yes. So yeah. you're talking about 70, years. almost 75 years. But I don't know at what point did we say, well, <laughs> he's a black pitcher. I, nobody ever said that about Bob Gibson. And Bob Gibson was less than two decades after the color barrier broke. Well, and you well, know what they said about Bob that. Gibson? Where people say, but maybe there weren't more black. First of all, there's not a lot of black pitchers in baseball. So well, not a lot of American, like, there's Latin pitchers. There were more black not a lot pitchers of American in the seventies and eighties when we were young I, I, right, I, than there is today. I, I mean, yeah. you, you have a PCC read really quickly. Yeah, yeah do so, that. Get that out of the way. You want to hit PCC here, Earl? Uh, Looking for a job with career advancements and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio, and all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, get a full benefit package, paid time off, signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com careers to learn more. So Earl jumped into our YouTube chat today and asked if they were happy with Josh Dobbs signing. What'd they say? We have 86 Was anybody against it? Eighty-six percent said yes. And what was that, Jay? I was just wondering if anyone was against it, like what their argument was for why they don't like it. Well, thirteen percent said no out of about three hundred votes. I mean, Earl, did we have any arguments? The argument against it is that you could have somebody better. There are better. better options, yeah. but they're more expensive. So, according to Earl, there were no set arguments in the chat for right, against no. it. But thirteen percent of people said no. Yeah, so the only one I can think of is you know if you have someone bigger and better in mind, you yeah. know, if you could have got Brissett for the same money. You take Brissett over Dobbs, but. Oh, it's funny to me, and I thought this when I read the the Dobbs story. Not that they would ever bring him back because you couldn't, but there were there were reports, and I I feel comfortable in saying that the uh, the annual offer was between eighteen and twenty five for Baker. When when Baker's people said you're in the wrong neighborhood, Mm -hmm. Um, you know exactly what it was. There probably wasn't an exact because they were talking in generalities. But it's been told to me that that general number was between eighteen and twenty five. And they felt that was more than fair. Baker's people didn't didn't think it was. They thought it was should be more in the twenty five to thirty. It, they could have had Baker Mayfield for four million for next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about life decisions where you yeah. know you just blink and you make the wrong choice. I watched Bra- some of Baker's news conference yesterday on NFL Network. He looked too. like a guy that just found out that his entire family had been slaughtered by a hurricane. Yeah. He still handled the press conference poorly, as usual. He got me. Just somebody asked him a question about like criticism and and what he got happened. his dander up right away. And right away. I like, mean, I, I've changed. No, no, you haven't. You just you proved you changed. didn't change. Yeah, right. Buddy of mine that was at the news conference yeah. said the aura in the room right. was uncomfortable. And it was a nothing question. The guy wasn't being trying to be antagonistic. No. At all. I don't think so. He's just got this chip on his shoulder. He 
you know how some, some I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. If I don't know them, I, I, they get the benefit of the doubt until they prove to me they don't deserve it. In, in, in his world, everybody gets the benefit of nothing. He, he, when he's introduced to someone for the first time, I think he sees them with a knife behind their back. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, that's how he's wired. Which is crazy because I think I'm in the minority of people that, like, I think a lot of people like him. I think I'm in the minority. Of I don't know that, that he's, I don't know. I don't know about a that. Lot, I think he's been treated so, nicely so by the some media people in general. Are, some people just aren't likable people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what it yeah. is. You yeah. were about to make a point earlier, G, before we did the piece. Oh, yeah, I, I don't want you to forget what you're going to say. Almost, almost. So, so yeah, this is, that's a good point. You brought up the, the fact of, they don't say that about black pitchers. Let's give you an example of how you would get that same reaction. What if you had a pitching staff that was all black? I think it's happened. Not were, recently. In, in the, like, o- the Oakland A's. Right. And it probably would have been a big deal. And, 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 so yeah. if the Guardians. And and that's a little different, too, because your entire pitching staff, you've got 12 spots. That's, that's, you know, your starting rotation, you got what, what, if, what if your starting front court was all white in the NBA right now? I mean, I know it's it's, it's reverse. It's not exactly the same, but it'd yeah, be the same. It's kind of, it, the it, bottom line is racism. Look at it, though. Racism I, I, still clearly exists. Obviously, it's never going away, and so it's notable because for I, so I many years, full... no quarterbacks were. It, it was known that a lot of teams did not want to back a black. Okay, quarterback. but watch. How many starting white cornerbacks are there in the NFL? None. None. Zero. Do we ever talk about that? No. I, I kind of yes, we do. No, we I, don't. I talk. No, I we talk, We just talked about I, it recently. Yeah, I talked about well, because I mean, we work with it, Dustin. Is it, a, is it a narrative throughout? Like why when we should were it at be? The Super Bowl? White people are the majority, so who cares? Why should it be? It's, if you're making a determination based on a DNA characteristic, yeah, eye color would be just as absurd. If you're gonna if you're gonna discriminate on blue-eyed people, but people, are you saying people don't discriminate? I don't understand. Absolutely not. What yeah. I'm saying is I still can't understand. Doug Williams won a Super Bowl 35 years, 30 years ago, almost 35 years ago. Yeah. I, well, like okay, I'll, so give, I'll give you this. You can no longer say that a black quarterback can't well, win a Super Bowl. Well, there's so, but no. So who's the guy? Uh, Bill Polian, right? Yeah. Bill Polian is, is is a pillar of. GMs in the way you build teams. He's he's done it for so long. Yeah. When Lamar Jackson came out, he said it was he said, uh, yo, this guy needs to be uh, a receiver. Right. And obviously, if you watch Lamar Jackson win the Heisman, you watched him throw the ball, you watch him run. You obviously knew that Lamar Jackson was definitely a quarterback. So there were some people who evaluate that position and they're evaluating with certain biases and, and certain slants to it. And some of it what may if be a black, What if a black, uh, I don't think he wasn't a general manager, personnel, uh, team personnel said the same thing about him? Well, be- that's be- a- Because there were, there was at least one black well, are NFL there, well, personnel. Yeah, there's who barely said, any black Lamar NFL Jackson personnel. So passed, I know, but when, yeah. when one of them speaks, it so what, carries what I, a lot what, of weight. What I will say, but you can be, you can have, you can carry biases towards one culture or the other. I'll give you an example. So little children, right? And this is, you know, just from doing, um, just watching videos in psychology, right? So they, they bring up black children and um, white children, right? And so they bring up and they give the black child and a white child a baby doll. And they say, I'm going to give you a black baby doll and I'm going to give you a white baby doll. They ask each one of those children, white and black, which one of those baby dolls is is the prettiest? And so when you get the results, not only did the majority of all of the white 
children say that the white baby doll was pretty, but it was almost 85% of the black children said overwhelmingly that the, the white baby doll was pretty too. So just because you have you, I'm the same color as, uh, you know, someone I'm talking about, I can still have those biases instilled in me because I live in an environment that is telling me day in and day out. Everything is confirming that, yes, you are this color, but that's better. So it just shows you the phenomenon yeah. of, and, hey, it, it, how would you... And ultimately, it, it, it exists. I'm not denying it. But, exists, Jay, ultimately, but, the comparison to the white wide receiver is not a white corner is not a good one because there's never been any known bias uh, like about, well, yes. I don't want a white cornerback that you know of. Well, but we know for sure there's been bias against black quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah. But if if there was no bias against white cornerbacks, right, you don't think we'd see more of them? I don't no, know. I just think, I think, I, mean, I don't know. Generally speaking, when you, it's, it's almost like How say, could, most of the people making the decisions are white. So why would there be a bias against white quarterback cornerbacks? Yeah. Also, most of the people that are making the decisions want to win. Okay. So if you want to win, you're going to do the best thing you can to construct the best team you can. Right. If the guy's purple, yellow, green, I don't care. Well, it's easy to say that, Jay, but racism is part of but, life. Well, that because, factors so, in. So then is it racist that there are not more white cornerbacks? No. no. Oh, I see. What, it only goes are, one are way you, then. No, no I, th no, I believe. You really think that's the same comparison? You, you it's told, white people I'm making the decision. Right. But Jay, that, most of the people so, in football wait, guys, are guys, white. Jay G. Bush just, guys. G. Bush just said and made a very yeah. good point, and you're, you're, it was astute. You're right. Yeah. Blacks, when asked to pick the prettiest baby, yeah. oftentimes, well, predominantly, went with the white. That doesn't mean that the white general managers can't oftentimes go with the black cornerback. There's a big difference between white people being racist against white people and white people being racist against black people. That's a pretty big difference. Here's, I think we can here's all what I'm trying out. to get up. This is why yeah. I brought this up. Yeah. The idea that in 2023, yeah. we're still putting players in categories. Like, I, I'm kind of shocked that, that we're talking about an all-black quarterback room. I really am. Because it was unique. But, why wouldn't we bring that up? I understand that it was unique. Yeah. But at the same time, like, and it's not like we've talked about it that much. No, I know, but th we've that barely even talked th about that it. That it's brought up to me is just like I'm stunned because how much people still see color. Because everybody sees color. It's, I, 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 I just th think it's disingenuous or like I don't know. I, I, I you all see color. It doesn't make you racist if you see color. I'm not gonna. Yeah, but if, if you're making judgments based on ability, there's that's a big there's a difference between seeing color, color and being making judgments based on color. Right. That's Guys, when we're talking things. about ability, though, bull. What is your wide receiver pick? Let, let's, yeah, let's get yeah, to that. Let's, right. let's, let's get, get that. We, the can, we can spin our wheels on this well, forever. Yeah, well, we can spin this well, forever. What's your idea for... By the All way, right. Marquise Goodwin... You've been Goodwin, holding out on us, and I'm really curious just, to hear what it is. We have to throw this out because it's news. Marquise yeah. Goodwin was in yesterday and today. Uh, very, very fringe wide receiver at the end of the rope. Speed guy for sure. Um, not really high on the production of Marquise Goodwin. It's just newsworthy. Mar uh, just yeah, I mean, he's going to be 33 out. years old so, this season. He's had one good year in his career in terms of production. That was four years ago. He's never been a break. He's never been the no. guy that they thought he was going to be. No, he he's got a, Olympic speed. Yeah, he had Olympic one really long good jumper. season with the Niners where he had almost a thousand yards. Yeah. But that was a long time ago. He's old. He doesn't move my I mean, meter. If they bring him in, that's fine. You're paying a yeah. minimum salary, probably. That ain't whatever. It. it would be a minimum so, salary. I, before the show, I, uh, uh, earlier today, I tweeted after talking with the D. Didi and I were on the phone for a while yesterday. And. Um, 
after our conversation, I started thinking about a wide receiver that now that I've had a chance to talk to her and think about it more is a wide receiver we've talked about that I haven't really been in favor of the Browns acquiring. But before the show, Earl and Mike were harassing me to try to find out who I was talking about. They were naming all these random names. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin. And it was, in fact, Rumpelstiltskin. I thought Jerry Rice. His 40 times, like, four kills. Yeah. (laughs) He can move. But, and you guys are going to laugh who I say this guy is, because we were arguing about. Can I guess? Go ahead. DeAndre Hopkins. No. You're What's your GS? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. And now you're coming we, around. We were arguing about this guy the other day. and Because you called him just a guy. Oh, I don't think he's that good. Right. But, again, after talking with Aditi, and we were getting into some – our conversation, with, a lot of it was about Odell and the fact that, you know, a part, the, big part of the problem with Odell here – uh, even though everybody wants to blame Baker and whatever, yeah. and I blame Baker some for what happened. There's and, plenty of blame to go around. And, and everybody yeah. that knows, nobody dislikes Baker more than me, and nobody has blamed Baker more than me. <laughs> right. So I'm certainly no Baker apologist. However, a big problem with Odell, and part of the reason I don't want him back, is he's a sloppy route runner. Yeah. He doesn't. He's he, a freelancer. He, he goes off script, yeah. and that's not. That's why it wasn't good for Baker, by the way. Baker's too small right. to be able to see that. Yeah, so and he's w- throwing to spots. He expects his that's guy to right. be there. And yes. Watson could handle that better than Baker could, 100% certainly. 100% agree with that. However, Stefanski's offense, even with Deshaun Watson, is going to still be, uh, and you talked about this recently, G, where you talk about he's got the guardrails on the offense. Like, there's a plan, and you've got to follow the plan. Right. And Odell is not a plan follower. That's just not his game. No, fact. And and so, after talking about this with, with Aditi, I said to her, you know, I was arguing with G and J the other day, <laughs> and I don't really love Hunter Renfro, but you know what? What the, did she say that changed guy, your mind? Well, because we talked about how important it is for this offense to have the Structure. Re- she, she talked about, yeah, why did Amari Cooper do better than Odell ever did here? Yeah. Even though he's not the, maybe the talent that Odell is? Sure. Because Amari Cooper runs perfect routes. Yep. Amari Cooper is always where he's supposed to be. And that's what Hunter Renfro does as well. Yeah. Now, I don't, I think you guys like Hunter Renfro more than I do. Possible. And you still do. But I think for this offense, and especially once my favorite guy, Brandon Cooks, went off the board. For this offense and this team, and then I brought back the, the fact that he played with him in college, and so they have some rapport already. He's I making think, all our points. He's getting I, so big. He's growing up. I, I shout out to see. So shout I've come around to tell you guys to be excited about that. Not really, it's going to happen. Shout out to Bull. Yeah. Because yeah. he was gross. so dug in on yeah. this the other day. Yeah. And it's very rarely do people admit, you know what? I've changed my mind. Well, and, and I did say, listen, I said the whole time, I'm not anti-Renfro. I just didn't want him to be the best move. Yeah. Well, at this point, I don't know if you have a choice. He might be the best move you can make. Because I, it's getting late. Right. They, I, if they weren't interested in Cooks, I can't imagine they're interested in Hopkins uh, because Hopkins is making a ton of money, too. He's even older than Cooks. Are and, you guys still not as fast seeing as Cooks. a lot of folks that, are, that really want them to bring in DeAndre Hopkins? I'm mean, talking through to, Twitter. I've, ta- I've yes. talked to some bro- I not yes. on Twitter, but I've just the people that I run into and the people that are asking, like, what do you think? When it all it always comes back to what they think, and they're like, I think we need DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's stunning to me how many people yeah. have told me in the last week, well, everybody else is gone. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You know, he was great with Watson once upon a time. Uh, 
I don't I don't think he's the right fit. But in the end, I think if they traded for Hopkins, none of us are going to be mad about it. I, yesterday, Earl gave me a call. No. I was sitting yeah. there doing stuff, and first I was doing the Locked On Brown podcast, and yeah. then Jeff called me like, "Bro, you got the internet on fire." I'm like, "What happened? Like, they signed somebody." Then Earl called me and said, "Yo, bro, they, they going crazy. They, you see your timeline? They going crazy about this receiver conversation." I'm like, "What?" Was like, it was, I didn't know this was this was earth shattering. I thought we knew. What did you say that drove everybody nuts? That they need a receiver. They need. Re, uh, they need a receiver. People were cra- People are like there's the people were freaking out that G was upset that Barry hasn't been more aggressive in pursuing a receiver. Yeah, you know it's stunning to me how quick this fan base will have the backs of of, of a front office that heretofore has proven nothing. It is, but, but but man, they've got so many apologists in the chat rooms, and in you know, I mean, well, we all show up on Sundays. We're all apologists. I, I was, you know, and I, I had to do some, I had to do some research because sometimes when you when you see something and you're, you're breaking it down and you look at it and you're like, why are so few people? Why do so few people feel it that way? Why? Why? What is the point of saying or being upset if you say they need to be more aggressive in this area? And so I, I had to get on the time machine and I start doing some research. And to be a really diehard fan, you have to really think about what it means to be a fan. That means you are emotionally attached to a team and a person that you don't know. Yeah. So when you're that emotionally tied into it, like we all are, because we wouldn't do this for a living, we weren't. When you criticize. Uh, your team. It's like you criticizing someone's family, their mother, their children. Yep. There's people that take the yeah, games. This is what I don't understand about that because you're right. But here's what I always tell fans. You're looking at it the wrong way. I'm not from an outside house throwing stones. I I'm can talk brother. about my brother, yeah. but you can't talk about my brother. Me, me, Jay, and Bull, we argue all the time. But yeah. guess whose side I'm on <laughs> if we outside? That's exactly I right. Think, nah, you, we in the team. Don't, you can't talk to Bull like that. It's that. And it's the same thing with our team. I <laughs> right. mean, right. when I'm taking a shot at the Browns, I'm not doing it from an outside perspective. Uh, it's like I'm looking at my brother saying, you better get your shit together because yeah. you're carrying my name. That's and right. you're better than that. And you're better than you that. guys because you're like, I, I kind of understand I know why fans going. sometimes get mad at me, even though I never say anything to like beat, like to pick on Browns fans. I would never do that because you're my people. But, uh, but still, I kind of, but for you guys, I mean, you're fans, you've been fans of the team your whole life. So I, I don't know. I, I do think two things can be true, though. I think yesterday, G, we may underrate how aggressive Barry has been in the last 24 months going after Watson, making the trade for Cooper. They've signed as many free agents as I think any team but Chicago this offseason. Atlanta's signed more, too. And Atlanta. But they're in the top 5%. But also a lot of moves. But a not lot been of aggressive enough there. in other aspects to go push all the chips in this year mm-hmm. to give themselves a chance to win with a quarterback whose cap hit is only going right. up and up now after the restructure. I think it's $19 million this year. It's 64 64 64 in my opinion, this is when those chips have to be pushed onto the table. And when you right. look at Andrew Barry, especially financially speaking, his draft record, eh. eh. Very eh. Yeah, we, his, yes, what's that, his ability to yeah. acquire C-. talent in trades and free agencies, I yeah. think he's done good in trades. He's had some, a ton of swing and misses in free agency. Yeah. What we do know Barry is very, 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 very good at is manipulating the cap. And that's why I'm okay with them pushing all their chips in, whether it was for Cooks, mm-hmm. Hopkins, Renfro, whatever right. they have to do, sign a guy right. to more money. But you, because but I'm more confident in him though, fixing the cap in the back end of that than I am with him acquiring talent through other Yeah, but evidence. with the understanding on the cap, because we've had conversations here recently about the cap, 
and there will be a day of reckoning. There, oh, there's yes. just, you know, there is for every team eventually. Yes. But it can be pushed off for yeah. as long as you're willing to do it. And that's what we're doing. And, and that's, that's what I trust Barry right. to do it's better than It's so others. important that you win in this window that's because right. the next window is going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I ask people all the time if, if you knew today you had two years and you weren't going to be here no more, would you operate differently? Yes. Everybody would yes. because the sense of urgency. Now, here's the thing, and I'm going to compare it to why you say, well, G. Bush, you can't run an organization like that. G. Bush, you can't. It's not that way. Well, let me give you a different perspective and see if you can follow me on this one. If you look at it from a player's perspective, they live that every day. That is their life. Their yeah. life is two to three year cycles. Right. They and have so, an expiration date. So when you are Miles Garrett, or when you are Nick Chubb, or when you are Joe Batonio, and you're looking at your mortality, your career, your life in front of you, and you are hearing people say, oh, Watson's not going to be here for 11 games. This year don't count. How hard is that to swallow? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or this year where you, you hear, well, we don't have the money. We'll rather let younger guys develop. And you're sitting there in that locker room and you said, man, I'll, I'm icing my knees down. I don't even know if I got nothing left for this year. Yeah. And, and so what are we doing here? The yeah. pre the goal is the highest goal in the world yeah. to get here to the mountaintop. And G Bush, is that how you set culture? That, that's that's how without without saying a word, you send a message to every guy in that locker room based on we, we keep using this term. They're all in. Well, how shouldn't you be all in every year? Shouldn't every team do that? No, I don't think so. Because I expect that as well, a fan. If you I'm have all a, in. If you I'm not watching 80% of the games. I agree, but if you have a quarterback, I think it's realistic to expect your team yes, to be all wait, in. Yes. If you don't okay, have that don't, quarterback. If you don't, go get one. And, and the Browns and did, which is why and now they, they are all in. Right. I think it's fair. I, I understand when fans say, well, let's be a little patient here. But to your to, to defend you, like – you know, if, if the Browns make a big move for a wide receiver, you'll get him, give him credit today, even though you killed him yesterday yeah, for not doing anything. I, I do think you got to be patient, but we've talked about it. Andrew Berry doesn't get a complete benefit of the doubt because he's done, at best, a mediocre job as right. GM. That's the reality. And yeah. you can't settle. Again, somebody was arguing, Baker Mayfield had was better than any Browns quarter. I don't care. He's not good <laughs> enough. The goal is not to be better than Derek Anderson. The goal is not to be better than Colt McCoy. The goal is to be good enough to win a Super Bowl. Couldn't agree more. And, and, and you know, the, I want my GM to be all in every yeah. year. And, I, I just do. Or and, on all my teams. And we could do two things at once. See, I'm not dumb. I, I'm not, you know, I'm married to the results. I'm married to the, what the film looked like. If they came, came today and told me, hey, G. Bush, Andrew Barry, um, I went and got two receivers. They don't got to be have no name brand. If, if, if they can help the team and I can look at them and say, let me go back and take a look and see what this dude was doing on other team. Let me look at his skill set. How yeah. does it fit into what we have or we don't have? Right. You can do all those things. Yeah. Sometimes I think people, um, they want to they wanna err on saying, let's just be patient because then if it does not happen, right. I can hedge my well, bet. And I also, got, what, what's frustrating with fans sometimes, and we all do this, even we, we all do this to some degree. It's like, oh, I want to get this guy. I want to get this guy. And then when he goes somewhere else, we make excuses why he wasn't the right fit. <laughs> why he was trash. Even though we never said that before. Was, <laughs> that <laughs> is funny. I got, I, got, I got one point on G. Bush's going yeah. on. It, it's easy to look at it in totality and say, let's be patient, because when you, you're patient, you're always kicking expectations down the road. Right. And in this situation, I'll use the Chiefs for an example, then I'll bring it back to the Browns. 
Look at who the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl with when they won in 2020. Mm-hmm. Tyree Kill. And I'm drawing a blank on that. Who's the other two guys they lost? It, Clyde Edwards Hilaire don't even play. Don't even no play. More. It's a total. Right, right. They just won the Super Bowl two years, three years yeah, later. Yeah. They have the quarterback. That's all that matters. With an, almost Not an entirely all, different set of casting well, crew. They've got Cal- they got Kelsey, Kelsey and Mahomes and, and, are the two and, and, guys in yeah. state. And, and with this Browns well, those coach. Are great coach. Yeah, those, but with this Browns roster, my point is. quarterback, a ball catcher, and a head coach. Yes. And my point with this Browns roster is if you don't go all in with this collective unit, which we all agree there's three potential Hall of Famers on this team right now. I don't think Batonio's here in three years. No, no, no. Nick Chubb, if he's still here, is a very different caliber player. No. Miles Garrett will be 30 in yeah, three years. Yeah, they've got to win the next few this years. This is Otherwise your window to win. And it's hard to trust them to retool when we talked about their, their top 100 picks in the last three years have been terrible. In fact, yeah. uh, let me read this real quick because sure. before uh, the show, we were <laughs> looking at – remember yesterday we brought up those 10 – players the Browns have drafted in the top 100 mm-hmm. yeah. and they were like two good players the best players were Newsom there and, were way more misses than hits yeah there were like seven misses one okay guy and two hits. and then two hits were Newsom and uh, what's his name Emerson. Emerson and Emerson all right let me give you the nine players the Bengals have drafted the last three years top 100 picks this you ready piss people off just be ready Joe Burrow bust. T Higgins bust Luke Logan Wilson <laughs> bust all right you're ruining the thing Jamar Chase Jackson Carmen, who is a bust, Joseph Osai, and then last year's guys, Dax, Dax Hill didn't play, Cam Taylor, Britt decent, Zachary Cart. So, if you look at it, of nine guys, four massive hits, two small hits, two unknown, and one bust. That's the difference. But the key is two of them are Hall of Fame trajectory type players. Yeah, and and. T. Higgins and Logan Wilson are both and, and, and Pro Bowl caliber players. Yeah, they're Pro Bowl caliber. And, yeah. so, and this is why I can commend them because the, the human nature says we hit on T. Higgins. Human nature says the next year when you're not very good. Draft the offensive lineman. Draft the offensive sure. lineman. Go away from the receiver because you have one. Two so, now. Two, so that's that's my my argument with the when they say Amari Cooper. Guys, I, I love Amari Cooper. Love him to death. Love him. I need two more like him. Love him to death. But Amari Cooper is that much more dangerous with somebody else. Yes. They went and got T. Higgins, who could be a number one in a lot of places. You know how, what type of guts it takes to draft Jamar Chase after? They're like, what are you doing? Why would you have two receivers? When, well, when a left tackle was the presumed pick at that spot. It's not like they had to reach for a left tackle who was ranked much lower than right Panay Sewell. They, they knew that Chase was a yeah. generational talent. And they they knew it. that the combo of Burrow and Chase in college led yep. to the highest trophy. Let's roll the dice. And I look, I hate to predict this, but Don't say I, it. I'm going to say it. Those two are going to lead to the highest trophy in Cincinnati before they're done. We'll see. They better. I, I, don't, <laughs> see how, I don't see how they miss. He just, I don't. And if they were smart. Because it's the equivalent of what, what's going on in Kansas City. With Mahomes and Kelsey. And if they they're were, smart, they lock up both receivers. And then if they were one. smart, go back gonna be hard to the more. draft and go get another receiver. See, I would get, I would, because what you're doing, Tyler Boyd is the third guy. Yeah. So now you got an availability of developing a young guy with all those studs, and you can get him for cheap, and now you, can, you control him for four years. Well, and that's the situation you want to be in. The, the Chiefs have been there. The Eagles have been, been there where you could draft the guy high and he doesn't even have to play right away. Right. The yeah, Bengals' yeah. first-round pick last year barely played because they had two good safeties. And now 
they moved, those guys moved on. So you Siri rotate the new guy in start. at you a much get, lower price. Right, at a much lower price. And uh, that's, I, let's you talk about get this. I don't know what this website was. It was just an analytics website. Looked at all 32 teams and the moves that they made. Yes. And they say that the moves that the Browns made will result in a net gain of 20 points. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you factor those 20 points into their points for and points against last year in the average margin of decision, they say that the Browns' moves this free agent period, this offseason, is worth three wins. Correct. That's the fifth highest improvement in the NFL. Are you guys buying that? Wait a second. That's based on last year's yes. point differential? There was an algorithm that put together the yeah. player values. What site was this? And he pulled the, the Yeah, I wanted to know chart. that too. It wasn't in the notes. That's a bad way to do it. Well, based on well it's a way to do it, Bull. I don't know what the best way to do it is. Yeah. But it's a way to do it. But um, last year's numbers to me are meaningless. Every year's a new year. I think I, I think it's taking into equation how close certain games were. I mean, and look I, at this. I the Eagles, Buccaneers, and Chiefs are the bottom three. I don't think the Eagles are gonna take a seven step loss win record differential back. I don't the buy, Chiefs aren't going to lose six, seven games next year. I think the Browns roster now is better than it was at the end of last year, but I don't they're only going to get a three win improvement if Deshaun Watson plays better, not because of the guys. They well, added. I'm wondering I, if that wasn't factored into all of this anyhow. I don't know if that's it. I mean, then there's a, an assumption of how well he's going to play. I think it was just the offseason. This, this was based just on the offseason. On the yeah. roster changes so I far. I can't buy so three wins. Here's the way deductive reasoning works. This is this is uh, unless there's a, a way that they use that I don't know of. Uh, it appears that what they've done is first come up with the quantitative number of 20 points. That that's the points added. Um, then you would go to points for points against last year, average differential margin. And if you roll those 20 points that they say that they've improved in, and they're taking a lot of assumptions into this. Yes. So it's I a very know. imperfect. Well, it's imperfect it, and it's not it's a, scientific. It's a because schedule. It's a and the other teams. teams have changed too. Right, exactly. So what they're saying is from last year's roster, this would be a pickup of 20 points, yes. a net gain of 20 points. And that would mean... More than one point per game more onto your points per game average or on the differential. It would it would mean you're adding 1.3 to your point per game differential. Yeah. And, and then they run those numbers and say that would have given them three more wins. There's a lot of assumptions yeah, in that. that, that a lot makes, of assumptions. If you're just basing that on the players they added and, and Watson is not a factor in that, uh, and it, I makes think that's no, it. it makes no sense because if Deshaun Watson doesn't play well, there's zero chance the Browns will win 10 games. I, now, I don't think that's going to happen, but if Deshaun Watson is a bottom 10 quarterback, again, I think that's not going to happen. But if it does, there's no way the Browns win 10 games. I'm no looking chance. at this slightly differently than, than that, ball, And yeah, I do okay. think Watson is the biggest win-loss factor in the Browns season yes. this year. But I look at Tomlinson. I look at Oba. I look at Hurst, Hill, the guys they've added on defense. And then added him with Schwartz. And I think Schwartz, even though he's not technically an offseason move, may be the single biggest factor on win-loss sliding well, you scale. You can't factor that into an acquired um, but player's I'm, I'm just going to do it but in, I see in what this you're year. Doing, yeah. I agree with you, by Outside the way. Outside of Watson, obviously, I think Schwartz makes more of a difference than any individual player for two Couldn't reasons. Couldn't agree more. One, I do think they obviously address the defensive line with Tomlinson, the Hurst-Hill combo, whatever that is. They can't be worse at stopping the run. Right. And with Schwartz, who has been an elite developer of inside interior defensive lineman talent throughout his career, that's going to open up everything for their linebackers. Right. And these linebackers, they the don't Browns have, have JOK, Taki Taki, <laughs> Jacob Phillips, say what you want about them. They all suck. 
They're all hurt. They're all small, but they are fast. And the one thing we didn't see last year was them shed blocks and make plays. So I'm hoping that with Schwartz's tutelage, these defensive linemen can eat up offensive linemen the and let these linebackers the Browns to fly around and play. Watson doesn't play well. No, and I, no I said no, I agree with that. I'm yeah. saying Watson is the number one sliding That's scale right. in this. But I'm going to trust Schwartz to make the interior defensive line that much better that the linebackers can fly around and make plays. Now, and that's why I do think these moves, in theory, could equate to a couple. Let weeks. me give, let me give you this. You're like, so say for instance, like you're a chemist, right? Breaking and, bad. And, and, and so you're a chemist, you know all these chemicals, right? And so there's a chemical spill, right? And everyone just hanging out, they don't know if it's poisonous or not. Obviously, they, you know, they don't know whether it's a chemical spill that's going to kill you. Kind of like Palestine. Or, right. So when the panic hits you as a chemist, because you see that chemical on the ground is because you know intimately <laughs> like what's coming next with that. Yeah. And you're one of a few people that know. Let me give you an example. You say, G. Bush, where are you going with it? I intimately know about defensive linemen. If there's nothing else I know is watching these big dudes up front. A lot of people just watch the ball or it is what it is. You don't know anybody play D line. You don't you never played it. You notice them when they make an impact. I know. I know how hard it is as a defensive lineman to stop the run. People throw it out there as a misnomer. You got to understand you trying to fight in your gap. You get double teamed. You don't know the snap count. You don't know the direction of the ball. You don't even know if it's a run or a pass. You are basically as a defensive lineman. You are the infantry in the brigade. You are when people used to line up and say line up and they used to line up behind them. The red coats and everybody shoot that first line. That first line was the guys that usually got killed first. They all yep. did. They died first. All quickly. Died. Yep. They're the defensive linemen. What you were doing war. as a defensive lineman is dying 60 deaths. Wow. That's what you do. Your goal is to sacrifice and die 60 times in a game to make sure that that ball does not okay. go there. Right. The people who count are the ones behind it coming through to clean it up. And right now, so you don't like dismissing the importance of linebackers. It, you can't. It's you can't have one without the other. It's they are tied to the hip, hand and glove. And, and here's something we have to be realistic about. Also, when it comes to the defensive line. Have the Browns gotten better on the defensive line? They have. Yes. But we got to remember, the Browns had the worst offensive line in the league, a defensive Defensive line line. in the league last year. According to Jason, historically. They haven't gone from the basement to the penthouse. Maybe they're in the middle. Maybe. I think we'd all sign for the middle. Yeah. I don't even know. We pop champagne for the middle. The reality is, if you're talking about the run defense, let's see how much better. Well, at one end, you got Miles Garrett. You still have Miles Garrett. There's no change. The other end, the one thing you say about Jadavion Clowney, he's always been an elite run stopper as yep. an end. Yep. So yep. I don't know that they got any better at that end spot. I don't know run. that it was last year. Maybe not, but, but I don't know. I can't remember if Obo's any good against the run. I don't remember he's, off the end. He's, he's physical and aggressive, his, but he hasn't played enough to really get right. a true evaluation. Now, obviously with Tomlinson, at one of the tackle spots, they've gotten better, clearly significantly better. At the other tackle spot to this point, we don't know. Hurst hasn't played in two years. The other guy. So, I think out of four spots right now on the D-line, against the run specifically, we could say they are significantly better in one of those four spots and probably equal at the others. So, I don't know. They're better. And I like what they've done. Yes. And I think the def- I, I think it's promising. I, yes. I, I think the defense is clearly better now. But we got to be realistic about how much better they are because – 
there's still at least one potential weak spot on the D-line, and they still have nothing at linebacker. One band, one sound. You know, I watch drum line all the time. Great you, movie. Do you, just, you can be, everybody can be in their gap, and it takes one person not to be in their gap, and it looks like you guys don't know what you're doing because he's going to score and not get touched. That's where Jim Schwartz comes and, in. Yeah. In my mind. I, I you know, I, I, I hate to roll on Joe Woods so hard, but I'd said last week that I, I kind of blame 85% of the defensive woes on the guy that was drawing up the X's and O's. I just thought that there were times, there were too many times, where guys were looking around pointing fingers. And I know some of it goes on the players. I'm not going to absolve the players of some yeah. responsibility because they ultimately are very responsible. But I just feel like it's like a, a classroom with a bad teacher. Mm-hmm. When you take that teacher out of the mix and you put a new teacher in there that energizes the students, teaches them what they need to learn in a, in a more... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed constructive way and a way that is sinking in better. I just think, and I like his no-nonsense. You know, he's a football man. I think we all agree, Jay, but, you know, he's not going to make every player significantly better. he's going to make the unit significantly better. Everybody agrees the defense How they fit together is going to be better. He he can't turn nothing into something at linebacker, and they really have nothing. Now, he might be able to hide it a little better. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's no doubt. They still need linebackers, period. End of discussion. They, they need healthy linebackers. Because yeah. the linebackers they have right now just it, currently aren't physically able to go out and do I, what they I, They were all hurt done. last year. I'm yeah. telling you, if you went out and got – if I'm just, it's just the way you think. When you go out and you get Bobby Wagner, that transforms everything you, you're trying to do. You really only need uh, – You only need one guy. Quite often these days, you're only playing two linebackers. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, if you get one good one – you could, then you, it's okay if the second you, guy's not great. They, because I'm trying to rehabilitate JOK, right? Like, right now, I don't think he has the fundamentals. He never really played linebacker in college specifically. I need somebody to get with him to say, JOK, what better person to watch film with than Bobby Wagner to say, these are your keys. When the guard does this, automatically go right there because it's nine times out of ten it's coming with this play. Hey, when you're inside out on that tackle, I noticed that you went high on there. Right? No, you get get him low. I watched film on him years. He's gonna try to do X, Y, and Z. That's why that's how you can get another coach on the field. And for me, it's not about getting all Dame brand guys. You just need to figure out on your roster where I could put a guy that could pay dividends down the line and, and exponentially grow your team and your roster. That's it. You just need one we, guy. We can thank Bill Belichick for um the modern day linebacker and what he looks like. Belichick decided, you know what? The tight end is a very, very important position. Once thought of as, you know, Mm -hmm. 80% block once in a while, spring free and catch a third down ball. Belichick showed you can win multiple Super Bowls. If you've got, if you're very, very strong at that position and what that created were mismatches for the physical tight ends, like the Aaron Hernandez and the Gronkowski's 
you could not ask a big, slower linebacker to cover those guys in pass routes. So the evolution of the linebacker was we need smaller, faster. The Browns bought into that. The problem with smaller, faster, look at how much our linebackers were injured last year. Yeah. That, that's a very good point, Jay. I'm glad you bring that up. And, man, you taking it from two injury-prone guys right here. Like, I was a defensive lineman. And if you look at the percentiles, like, I'm, like, probably one of the biggest people in the world, basically, on percentiles if you're playing football. G-Bush is a giant. People don't realize how big G-Bush is. You're in the 99th percentile. Yeah. But when you playing, when you are playing and you're trying to stop the run, that stuff puts a strain on your body, man. Like, Well, look at our guys that got hurt last year. Those, I mean. Who was our linebacker that didn't get hurt last year? Didn't exist. None. They were didn't all exist. And some of them season end, a lot of them season end. end. I, I'm just curious, in today's football with the RPOs, the mobile quarterbacks, spread out more than it ever has been, outside of the top five, six guys, I'm not sure if there's that much of a difference between linebacker eight and linebacker like 26 in the league. So I'm not saying the Browns don't need to improve at linebacker. Right. But I just think it's such a weird position in today's NFL yeah, that I, I well I don't disagree with you, Mike. Here's the problem: the Browns don't have guys. Uh, uh, listen, uh, they do. No, they they guys do 50, need a linebacker. Yes, yeah, I'm not right. saying they don't need a linebacker. So I just don't know. Studs and duds theories. You need to mix in some yeah. mid-range yeah. guys, like you said on the defensive line. Right. Some of these guys are probably middle of the road. Huge upgrade from where we were. Exactly. And when you pair them with a Miles Garrett, who is elite. Yeah. And you pair your average linebackers with corners and safeties who are more than average. Now, some of them are elite. Some of them are borderline elite. You can hide those deficiencies. But what do we always say? The biggest part of ability is availability. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you're hurt, and our, I don't know that there was a team in the NFL last year that had more attrition to the linebacking core than the Browns did. Yeah. No, we pulled Reggie Ragland out of I Dave's mean, food market <laughs> no, yeah, to start four games. I thought G. Bush was going to sign as a linebacker. <laughs> Tyvis was thinking about coming back as a linebacker. Tyvis puts on 10 pounds. He is a linebacker. Yeah, All right, guys. It's enough of this football nonsense. Let's get to some baseball. Anthony, what do you got? Yeah. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.